Hello, everyone. I'm Eric D'Souza, and you're listening today to Crime Writers of Canada's podcast, where we discuss all things fiction with crime writing authors from coast to coast. We're continuing the uh, tradition of 2024 with a series of new members that have recently joined the CWC. And I'm happy today to be chatting with author, journalist, slash editor, composer, and musician, David W. Barber. Hi, David. How are you today? Hi, Eric. I'm fine. Thanks. Um, well, let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, you have one of the most interesting bios I've ever read, and I had to uh, <laughs> I had to do some editing of my own and bring it a little shorter. Uh, but David is an internationally best-selling author of more than a dozen books of musical humor and literature in both nonfiction and fiction. Uh, he has two new books out, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're not going to be surprised if we focus on the mystery. So he has a new novel called Headshot. Uh, to quote an article I read in the paper by Jamie Portman uh, of Post Media News, Headshot gives us an engaging central character in veteran journalist Dugan Haywood. Uh, so, David, uh, let's start with the protagonist. Uh, I've noticed a lot of similarities between your bio and uh, Dugan's. So, uh, how much of him is you? Well, some uh, definitely. You know the old the old the old saying: "Write what you know." Um, I knew I wanted to write a mystery, and I figured that I should make the hero a journalist because, you know, I'm not an astronaut. I don't, so I don't know anything about that. And there are a lot of colorful stories that I could bring into the, into the mix from that. Um, he, I, he's younger and taller and better looking than I am. <laughs> but, uh, but there's certainly bits of me in there. Um, uh, and, and some of my experience that I've either used and or adapted, uh, for the book uh that creates a mystery in its own as i read it <laughs> how much is real um in a longer version of your bio i read that you've had a very varied career among uh many interesting jobs uh, you've had short stints as a roadie for pope john paul ii a publicist for prince rainer of monaco and a backup singer for avril Lavigne. on top of that you've written many novels and um, non-fiction but you know, what inspired you at this point in your life to be like, you know what, I'm going to write a mystery. Well, I've been wanting to write a mystery for a long time, and, and particularly this mystery, um, because it is, uh, the the lawyers will tell me, very loosely based on some real events. Uh, parts of it are loosely, very loosely based on some real events. And that story's been kind of in the back of my mind for many years. And I, I've sort of been thinking about it and occasionally writing notes and making drafts and sort of reading them and throwing them away and putting them away in a drawer. And and I was also very busy writing other books and having a full-time job as a journalist and other things happening in my life that, you know, moving from a small town to a big city. Um, so it just kept getting put onto the back burner. And every once in a while, I'd drag it out and work on it for a while and tinker with it and and then put it away and think, well, I'm not ready or I don't know how to how to do this uh you know i i had the setup i knew sort of who died and why and i had the villain and a big sort of explanation at the end the villain justifying why they did what they did it's it's all that stuff in the in between what what you called the messy middle and what a, what a screenwriter friend of mine calls laying pipe you know which is just to get from a to b to c to d to to z um so i had a beginning and an end kind of in my head and even some notes written and some bits of dialogue 
And then I, it was literally, oh, okay, right now I have to figure out suspects and red herrings and false flags and detours and all the other stuff. And it wasn't until uh, I semi-retired, uh, retired from full-time journalism uh, a little over a year ago that I really had the time to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to do this and, and finish it. Uh, another thing that I read from the article I referred to earlier yeah. from uh, Jamie Portman, uh, they wrote um, that your novel has a gentler, more reflective tone, and uh, later on to say that it harkens back to the golden age when amateur sleuths were the norm. Some today might have called that a cozy novel. Would you call your story, and I've read halfway through and I don't know if I would, but what would you consider yours a cozy novel? I, I don't think I'd call mine a cozy, and I don't mean that as any detriment to, to that genre, because that's that's a definitely a genre that a lot of people read and write. Um, but I wouldn't, I mine's, on the other hand, it's not a fully hard-boiled, big city, uh, tough, tough guy novel. There's not a lot of, you know, shooting and chasing and, and violence. So I guess I'm somewhere in between, maybe soft-boiled. Um, <laughs> at one point years ago, I, I, I had written, I don't know, maybe 33,000 words. And, uh, you know, I thought, okay, well, this is coming along. And then I went back to it and looked at it. It was, again, not to be insulting, but it was sort of too much Jessica Fletcher and not enough Sam Spade, I guess. Um, and, and I wanted it to be a little more hard, hard boiled, a little more, a little tougher. So I, re I threw away about almost all but about 10,000 of those words and then started again. And and I'm happier with the result now that it's it, it's t it's tighter. It's it's a little the writing is more terse. It's not very uh, languid. So but it's I would say it's not a cozy, but it's not uh, it's not a violent thriller either. Yeah, it, there seems to be a trend right now. And I, I'm not sure if it's the independent authors who are doing it or if it's a Canadian thing, but you're not alone. Uh, and yeah. I, would, I would even throw myself in that hat of. The people who make references to Jessica Fletcher and yeah. Sam Spade um, seem to want to write these novels that aren't necessarily based on talking cats or the baker who solves the problem. Um, right. Again, not to the detriment of cozies because I read a lot of them, uh, but almost like Crime is a Canada calls it a traditional um, and it encompasses cozies. Yes. And I mean, it is the, you know, he is an amateur, so he's a journalist. He's not a, He's not a he's not a police detective or a private eye, but I wanted my sense was that I wanted someone who actually had investigative skills and had some experience in nosing around and asking questions as the protagonist. Because again, not to not to disparage those, but you know what does a cake baker know about solving murders? Um, in my mind, that that wasn't that's not me, so I didn't I didn't go there. Um, anyway, that's. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, it seems to be an like I said, an interesting trend because yeah. um, yeah. you're, you're not alone. And I've asked this question to, to quite a lot of Canadian authors. It's like you're not technically a cozy, but yeah. it, at the same time, it's not hard boiled. It seems to be this new thing. Maybe we have to come up with our own name for it. Yeah. Well, and technically, um, this isn't set in Canada. Um, it's I I purposely it's 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 a made up town. It's not set in a real place. And it it definitely has some connections to real places, but um, partly to give myself some plausible deniability and distance, um, it's not. It, it there's nothing sort of 
ostensibly Canadian about it in, in terms of there, there's no reference to CBC, there's no reference to Toronto or or anything like that. Um, and, and hopefully maybe it'll attract some more American readers as well, because they seem to not want to read Canadian fiction. Um, and it was a choice I made, and I'm now wondering, now that I'm trying to write a sequel, I realized, hmm, I don't actually know very much about American, <laughs> you know, j- jurisprudence and, and police procedures and that sort of thing. So I may have um, painted myself into a corner, but <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, it, it's definitely in in a sort of a netherworld fictional town, um, you know. You gave one clue away, if you don't mind okay. me saying. Yeah, sure. Because uh, when I was trying to figure it out myself, yeah. uh, you mentioned that the land, um, Greystone, was <laughs> Greystone, yeah. on um, on land that the British stole from the French that took from the indigenous. So yeah. that's, that sounded very Canadian, but well, I was trying yeah. to guess. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, I thought of that and I looked it up afterwards and realized that in upstate New York, for instance, there were British and French uh settlers duking it out at ver- and dutch at, at various points so uh yeah i'm i'm i think i'm kind of covered <laughs> <laughs> um i do it with myself too with setting like I, again another debate i have a lot of canadian writers is how important is it to have a canadian setting versus an american yeah. setting and we, we seem to have various degrees of, of how important it is I, i'm well, with you, you know- <laughs> well, you know, one of the now that you think of it and asking me back to Cozy's, one of the books that may have influenced this in some ways are the Benny Cooperman uh, novels by Howard Engel that are sort of set in St. Catharines, but not St. Catharines. And again, aren't really sort aren't really Canadian, but are definitely a little kind of kinder and gentler than you might find in in typical American hard boiled stuff. So maybe that uh, was a bit of an influence, um, having read those years ago. Excellent influence to have. Uh, I have one mystery left for myself to figure out. Um, there seems to be a typo in your title of your name, of your, <laughs> of your book. I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> but could you no. tell us about why you came up with Headshot Missing an A? Sure. Yeah. No, it's not a typo. It's, it's, it was a deliberate choice. Um, I do explain this in, in the book. Um, it's a journalist term. Um, journalists have a lot of shorthand, and and uh, uh, because we're we're pre- always pressed for time, and especially in notes that we write to ourselves or to other editors, it's you know a headline is H E H E D L I N A, or even even just a head H E D, and a deck, which is the secondary headline underneath the main one, is sometimes just spelled D E K. And, uh, you know, a follow story might be F-O-L-O or F-O-L-L-O. Um, and so it was a deliberate choice um, that I wanted to tweak readers that it was a, that it, this is a journalist speaking. And it definitely isn't a, a title that anyone else has used. Um, I wanted to stay away from I could have spelt it headshot or maybe I should have spelt it headshot H-E-A-D. But I wanted to stay away from if you were doing an online search, you know, all the books about how to shoot a proper portrait headshot and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I I may have miscalculated because I didn't I didn't account for spell check. (laughs) But um, but it is explained in the book. And there's maybe a half a page or so where Dugan kind of waxes eloquent about all of the weird spellings that journalists have and kind of explains. And it's a bit of a 
curmudgeonly moment where he says, you know, these young kids with their tech speak and they think they're all they they invented this. We've been doing this for decades. You know, um, this sort of shorthand spelling. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the book. I haven't gotten to the point uh, where Dugan explains that, so I'm glad you okay. solved that mystery for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot because uh, writing in the first person that you did, uh, Dugan has a very good, interesting voice. Um, Thanks. Which Thanks is always so a difficult thing for any writer to discover for themselves is to find that voice, and you did yeah. a good job. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, well, I think I'll go back to finishing reading your book. <laughs> it was a pleasure chatting with you, David, and thank you for joining the show. Oh, thanks very much. Eric.